Hello, and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. Every week we read Shonen Jump on Viz's website and talk about 10 chapters within, plus a monthly chapter. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing good. Good. Uh, This week we also are talking about Fuka, which is a digital-only manga release by Kodansha that I knew nothing about before reading. This was Kevin's pick. Yep. It's an anime that I have seen before, and I've heard there's some differences between the manga volume and the anime. Specifically, one big difference that doesn't come up until way later, so it's nothing that we would have seen, but I kind of wanted to see what the difference was. All right. We will talk about that later, though, because first up, we have Shonen Jump, so shall we get into it? Let's go. So Shonen Jump starts with its best foot forward with One Piece Chapter 931, Soba Mask. You know, Kevin, sometimes I kind of wonder if I like One Piece or if I'm just in a sunk cost fallacy where I've watched every episode and I'm current on the manga, so I have to keep going. And then chapters like this come out and I'm like, oh, no, One Piece is the best thing that ever happened to Shen in manga. Yeah, this was a really good chapter. So, yeah, my first note in here is not appropriate for the podcast. So if you could just beep out like this entire thing, Kevin, it's Sanji's putting on his Super Sentai uniform. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, we're actually an explicit podcast. Yeah, I know. But I only want to be explicit on episodes where we talk about explicit material. And One Piece is not explicit material. Yeah, but because we have episodes with... We become explicit because we have some. Yeah. so I I do know how that works. I'm not really going to bother censoring stuff too much. So yeah, this is much earlier than I expected about Sanji deciding that he needs to try the uniform that his brother gave him if it's going to help him protect the people in these shops he's inconveniencing. Yeah. I was expecting this not to come up until like a climactic fight, honestly, like maybe an arc or two down the line. This kind of makes a little sense, him trying it out beforehand. Yes. Because clearly he's going to customize it. That's true. But also, One Piece is all about having the characters do those transformations off screen before we see them. Yeah. And having the practice there. I'm not against that. I was just surprised. Yeah. I also love that Usopp and Frankie are super into it. Yep. And he's like, oh, man, I got to have Usopp and Frankie do some customizations because this is not my speed. But he is Gurma 3 Black. And he has stealth powers. Yep. He can turn invisible. And there's this great flashback to when he found out that someone who had eaten the clear, clear fruit, which was always Sanji's dream, so he could be a perv more easily. Yep. Well, even in this, he's like, I can turn invisible. That's going to be great for the women's... I mean... Helping my friends. Yes. I like that that's an internal thought, too. Yes. So he's not even pretending for the sake of anybody watching. Yep. And also, Trafficker Law is doing all the exposition on Germa because he's from North Blue. With a comic ran, which is a great yeah. contrast since usually he's the super serious one. And yeah, it was pretty great when he was like, what, you're Germa 3? Sanji's like, how do you know that? It's like everyone in the kid in the North Blue reads Germa. Yep. Yeah, pretty good. We then cut to Robin, who is exploring the uh, Orochi castle, trying to find the Poneglyph, and she gets caught by all of the ninjas. At least the ninja high council. There's like 11 of them or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, she in trouble. We'll see how she plays it off. Then we end with Chopper and the kids kind of not playing around, but... Chopper's watching the two kids as Monosuke? Yeah. 
is Mom- training. Or Momonosuke. Momonosuke. I yeah. was like, I knew it was like Momo something. He's training, and then they see something on the beach. Yeah, and remember how you were talking about how Mom was going to be... Yeah, she fell into the water. Yeah, she apparently washed up here, and Chopper's like, oh no, we are mega screwed. Yep. But then she's like, but I have the amnesia. Yeah, well, I like Momosuke was like, oh, well, I'll just kill her now. And Chopper's like, nope, nope, that's not going to, nope, we're leaving now. I love, like, Chopper's reaction, too, which is a very One Piece reaction, but it's also like, he can't believe how convenient and story-driven this is. Yep. Anyway, very good chapter of One Piece this week. Yeah, super solid. Which brings us to another pretty good chapter. Again, spoilers if you want to wait for the anime to come out. Next, we have My Hero Academia number 215, Final Face-Off, Midoriya vs. Shinso. Yep. Not bad. It's My Hero Academia. There's some really solid panels in here. Again, there's like it ends with, I want to say, like a primary lotus panel of Midoriya grabbing one of the bandages, not bandages, but one of the... Binding cloths. Uh, binding cloths that Shinso has to like pull him in. Yep. That's super rad. And we also find out more about Class B kids' copy power and how he can copy multiple powers and kind of put them on a limit. Yeah, he's got a time limit for how long he can copy them. And he also, if the powers have effects, like one of his classmates has the effect, it's like double hit or something like that. If he hits something... It gets hit a second time sometime later with more force than the first hit. And so he's like, oh, if I activate something like that, even if I deactivate that power, the time limit runs out. The secondary effect will still happen. Like if he copied Sarah's tape ability. The and tape used, wouldn't disappear. Yeah, the tape he, wouldn't disappear yeah. after the three minutes. It would stay as long as Sarah's tape does. Yeah. So basically, this is all Midoriya fighting Shinso while he has. Oshiko, like, cleaning up and capturing the Yeah, so Class class B's plan was to take out Midoriya, because he's the biggest threat of the group, which makes sense. Especially since they just saw Bakugo basically one-shot the team. Yeah, the team that he was against. Uh, So yeah, pretty good. It's a very uh, transitionary chapter, though, but again, the fight scenes in My Hero look really cool, so yeah, it's not a bad read. Although I now just had a weird thought, speaking of Saro's tape not disappearing... Do you think it stays? Like, I assume it's like Spider-Man's and it dissolves two hours later. Yeah, I'm just, I, I could just picture Sarah because he uses it to like web sling essentially, just having to walk around like, all right, I got to go pick up my tape now. Yeah, the author of My Hero, whose name I can't remember right now, is a huge Marvel Comics guy, so I imagine it works exactly like Spider-Man's. Probably. Next we have... The chapter I wanted to talk about, because this wasn't a very good issue of Shonen Jump, and there wasn't a lot I wanted to talk about, Nope. which is Black Clover, page 191, Storming the Shadow Palace. So they go to the, like, shadow place that they were all going to go to. They get separated. They're like a video game skill tree node is what the, like, palace ends up looking like, and there's a boss in each one. Yeah, it's actually the resurrection ritual was based off this like stone tablet that has the exact same pattern on it. Okay. So it's like they're in like a spell diagram, essentially. So they all get separated. Asta and Mimosa are together, I guess, because Mimosa only has healing powers. Yeah, it's like how convenient that the people who would need assistance are with someone else that can help them out. Yeah. 
Noelle's on her own, so maybe she'll get a cool fight. And then there are a bunch of captains who I don't really know who they are. Yep. I didn't see Yami in there. I assume he must have been there, though. I don't think that he was shown, so I don't... He might have... He might have already gone in. I couldn't remember if him and the Green Mantis guy went in first. So they might have already gotten in, as opposed to the group at the end was kind of like picking up the stragglers to make it in. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe this will be cool. I kind of hope we only see Asta and Noelle's fight, because those are the only characters I care about. But... Well, we're definitely going to see Oh, I know <laughs> the other ones. It's the super convenient. All right, so we've got this group of people who are going to fight, so let's conveniently separate them so that we can have our one-on-one anime fights. I just think it would be cool if someone shows up to like reinforce someone else without seeing their fight. You'd be like, yeah, mine was super easy. <laughs> I mean, we might get a couple people saying that, but like they specifically said everyone that they're fighting against are stronger than the Magic Knight captains or the Mage Knight captains. Did Yuna go with them? I don't remember. I feel like he should be with them, but he also has not shown up since we started reading. He wasn't there at all. So I think he's already in the Shadow Castle because there was like 13 rooms and only like six people went with this last group because it was Asta Mimosa... Noel and the two Mage Knight captains. So I think we have some other people that are already in there. I gotcha. think is what happened. That makes sense. So yeah, Black Clover's setting stuff up. There wasn't any fighting, so there wasn't any awful art in this one. Yep. <laughs> if I have to say something nice about it, I well, did like there the was art that, in this one. There was that weird picture room that got a little confusing. I didn't think that was too bad. It wasn't bad. It was just it got confusing. So next we have The Promised Neverland, Chapter 121. Isn't this great? Isn't it great, Kevin? Yes. <laughs> it actually is a pretty good chapter. Yeah. Which is just Emma about to react to what Norman laid out last week about killing all the demons. But before she can, all the kids are like, yeah, that would be super awesome. Well, you can still see her inner conflict about it. Yeah. She's like, man, even Gilda is all to go for this killing the demons plan. Because I had honestly forgotten about this, but they were part of their goal was to break the seven walls to like merge the two worlds together. To So I feel like Emma's going to try and find a way to save everybody as opposed to just saving the, the humans. humans. Yes, I assume that as well. Although she doesn't have a lot of reason to save demons yet, but it does seem in character for her. She actually has some demon friends. Ah, I see. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was the part that you didn't read. <laughs> the very, you mean the bulk of it? <laughs> yes. Some outcast demons help them out at one point. Gotcha. And so, like, they're still super suspicious of them, but she's got some semi-demon allies. I guess they're they're all demon, but they're semi-allies. Gotcha. So Emma kind of pretends to be into it, to go along with it, because all the kids are clearly, yeah, like, for the plan. And Norman has set up this big house for them that looks a lot like... The house they started in, Grace Field. Yeah. And they all end up eating together, and Norman, Ray, and Emma all kind of fall asleep together. After playing is, some chess. Which is super cute. Yeah. And all of the subordinates are like, boss? Wow, I didn't know the boss could have fun. Yep. Which is pretty cute. It was a pretty good chapter. Like I've said a couple of times, I feel like Promise Neverland might be at its height right now. Yeah. You never want to say that for sure, because you always hope things are going to get better. Like, My Hero Academia, I feel like, has been firing on all cylinders since the first chapter. Yeah. 
And there are definitely waves in One Piece where it's yeah. like, oh, man, this is the best thing ever. Oh, nope, no, no, this is the best thing ever. Or, but also One Piece definitely, like, waves is the way to describe it because it definitely has slow parts, too. Yeah. Bro dies like, I can take my time. People aren't going to stop reading One Piece. Yeah. I can set some stuff up so the payoff later can be great. Which I'm fine with because... Me too. I I've just... read stuff like Game of Thrones where the first book is 400 pages of world building before anything interesting happens. Yeah. But then something interesting happens and the whole thing kicks off. So speaking of kicking off, next we have Chainsaw Man Chapter 8, Chainsaw vs. Bat, which is a good title. But yes. I actually didn't care for this one too much. Chainsaw Man's another one that really goes in waves for me. What did you think of it, Kevin? I actually thought this was pretty good. There's some cool stuff in here. We find out that Denji can retract his chainsaws, kind of like Wolverine. Yes. Well, he finds out that he can retract That's his chainsaws. True. He's like, I can retract the chainsaws? We find out first, though. We yes. see it, and then he reacts. He's also super strong. The Bat Demon throws a car at him, and he catches it. Yeah, because the car has a person in it, so he's like, oh, I'll throw this at him. It's like, ha, cut this in half. And Denji's like, why? Catches it. The Bat Demon goes, oh, so you're trying to save this human? And Denji says, well, I don't care about this person and throws the car back at the Bat Demon with the guy still inside who gets like half launched out the window. Yeah, I guess I've been really back and forth on Denji's boobs motivation. As you know, I know you're super into it. I no yeah, I thought it was really funny where he essentially got super angry as like the Bat Demon's like, what? Why are you trying to do this? He's like, I'm going to cut you open because I haven't gotten a chance to touch anything yet. Yeah, and that's just, like, I get it, and it's funny when it's funny. Like, on the train, I really liked it. The reason that that's why power could trick him into coming here, I get, I really like that. But in this fight, that being the majority of the dialogue doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. It kind of undercuts the fight. And again, like you were talking about with the first chapter, I felt like some of the art at the end was kind of muddy and didn't wasn't super clear as Denji's going in for the final blow. Yeah, I think it's the way he tries to draw the action, like the chainsaw's action. Yeah. yeah. Becomes, because he's trying to show like... Tearing. Tearing and blood spray. But since everything, like the bat is black, Denji becomes very, like his head is black. The chainsaw blades are black. So it's just like a lot of black flying around. I at least understood this one more, but... Definitely seems like the action scenes have a weird style for this author, like much mo more gritty. Most of the action up to then is fine. Like when he catches the car, that's an action scene. He gets like hit through a building at one point. Yeah, it's really just when the chainsaws are tearing into somebody that it's kind of hard. I think it just the blood spray, like I'm it, getting used to it, but it's just the way he it does It doesn't that. have the kineticism. It doesn't feel like a final blow. It feels very loose. Yeah. So yeah, I hope he gets better at that, because this fight hasn't done much for me either. I mean, it's not a super compelling villain. It's pretty early times, yeah. but again, I just was not super into this chapter. Uh, now for something completely different from Chainsaw Murder, we've never learned question 97. The Silence of Absence aptly becomes the genius's ex. What are these titles, Kevin? I mean, you've been, I've been reading them, well, I've been ignoring them for 96 chapters, so. I know. So we find out Yu-Gi-Oh! wants to be a teacher, basically, or wants to get involved in education. Yes. But apparently none of the VIP, um, none of the schools you can get to into with the VIP recommendation have education courses. It, From what it sounded like, none of the schools with the VIP recommendation, he wanted like a ground up education course. And they were all, like somebody said, it's like pedology or something like that. Like he could study child psychology 
or he could go into something super cerebral about it. He's like, no, I just want to be like a teacher. I want to learn from the ground up like you guys. Yeah. So he's got to save up money to pay for his own college now, which is why he has three jobs. Yep. Uh, we see his teacher trying to convince the principal to give it to him anyway, but. The principal kind of, I kind of like this about him where he's like, so I see Yuya even turned you. And that's all the more reason to give into his request, because this is literally the only thing he's ever asked for. Yeah. Like even the VIP recommendation, he was like, I have to go to a good school. And since we're poor, I can't afford it. So I have to get this VIP recommendation. But he felt like societal pressure to do that. He had no goal to go to school. He's like, I just need to go to a fancy school. I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. So this leads to the girls at their tutoring session. They're like, oh, man, if he doesn't want the VIP recommendation, I guess he doesn't have to tutor us anymore. Yeah, because he's they're like, oh, he's late. And the rest is just like kind of hijinks about them. Like, we can study on our own. It'll be fine. And mermaid girl, I have her name. I'm going to get tabs for this. So this will be much faster in this year future. Araka's like dying and like, ah, oh, this is the only reason I even bother studying and they're like what about your plan to study abroad yeah how's that gonna work out yeah you're gonna be way further away from him yeah and then ogata's got like his towel and she's like oh i was gonna get return this to him yeah but, he left it at work or something like that but if he's not here i guess i can't and then like the other two girls end up with it and they just keep sniffing it and, yeah because it smells like him and they keep pretending that that's not why and then of course because it's the obvious setup. He shows up. He's like, oh, sorry, I'm running late. I had to get all your stuff together. Yep. And he's like, yeah, I, I'm going to keep tutoring you because it helps me review for my school because my grades have actually improved doing this. Yep. Which makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty basic. We never learn stuff. Well, it does end with Ogata with the thing like, oh, I forgot to give it to him again. And then it's her at home and she starts sniffing the towel yeah. right as the thing ends. It's just the final joke in there. It's the yes. same as all of them. So yeah, you know, pretty we never learn, which means pretty good. But yep. now back to some violence. We have Hell Warden Higuma, Chapter 6, The Worth of Life, which is a bunch of, not exposition really, but character background, mostly on Kobata. He yeah. I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Well, and a bit on Higuma. Yeah, that's true as well. And some world building at the end. Yep. Where that fight is pretty much entirely over. There's not even like any denoma from the previous fight. Except for Kobata and Ayaha talking about why they're helping Higuma a little bit. Yeah. And Kobata's like, oh, yeah, my grandpa got killed by a demon. So Higuma's dad, like, killed that demon. But you can only return life force to people who are still alive. Yeah. So my grandpa died. But I wanted to help him. Yeah. Like I said last time, I saw it. the final panel of the last chapter was the two hands. Yeah. flying, Just the hands flying through the air. But there's not even, like, a level up. No. Bit. There's uh, no, like downplay from that at all and then the latter half is higuma being trained by this guy named abo he's like ah you could always just skip out like you always do yeah and, and then at the very end he gets summoned by king enma to talk about something who looks a lot like higuma he does it was very confusing yes i honestly thought it was a flashback at first because no, i wasn't sure i was like in my notes are like is this a flashback or yeah are we now but then I mean, I, it, it was just a couple of things of like, wait, is this supposed to, is this just Higuma who looks slightly different than normal? Or is it like he's in training clothes? Yeah. Or is it a flashback of like, this is how Higuma was a year, a ago. Yeah, a year ago or a couple of years ago? 
Oh, which isn't too bad, but like, I don't know. In the anime, when there's a flashback sound effect, it's going to be a lot more clear. Or I guess when there's not one. Yeah. But just a little bit of a weird hiccup. Like I said, Higuma's fine. We get some more Ayaha, which is interesting. And but it honestly, seems like not we're building much. on Higuma a bit. Yeah. It's well, mostly her talking to Kobata, which yeah. is also more interesting than Higuma, in my opinion, at least right now. Well, that's what I mean. It was like, all right, so it's almost all Higuma again, and Ayaha doesn't do anything. Yeah, I don't know what I would want her to do in this chapter, though. So I see what you're saying, though. I'm I'm hoping they just don't focus on him and she'll just, like, show up in the background every now and again. You mean Kobata or? No, Aiha. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. I, I like her. Like I said, I wish she was the main character. Well, so do I, that's what I mean. I hope she, I hope. Oh, you that, hope she doesn't just end up in the background. Yeah, that's okay. that's what I was saying. I hope she's not just like, yeah, and Aiha's here. Cool. Yeah, me too. We will see. I All for expanding on Higuma and his deal, though, if so making me care about him at all. Yeah. Speaking about caring, next we have Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaiba Chapter 144, Successors. So I guess Shinobu is dead. Yes. Though this is where the similar art style is really starting to hurt me on this, because the characters all look very, very similar, and they're all in these traditional flowing Japanese clothes, Yep. which makes them look cool, but it's real hard to tell anyone apart. There are these five characters that I'm pretty sure we're being newly introduced here to here, but having not read the rest of the series, I can't really tell. Anyway, there are these two people fighting, and we get more confirmation that humans do turn into demons in this setting. Yeah. It seems I'd... to be a pretty clear, normal thing. I thought that the setup to that fight was pretty interesting with the... Uh, so they were both, like, brothers or of the same clan, something like that. The Thunder Breathers, something like that. Yeah. And... The guy who turned into a demon was really good at everything, but his grandfather wasn't going to make him heir to the clan. He was going to make him like co-heir with the guy that's fighting him right now. There was one technique he couldn't learn, and the other guy, that was the only technique he could learn. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I'll make you co-heirs. The guy who turned into a demon is, I'm just completely selfish, so I don't see why I should have to be co-heir with you, so I turn myself into a demon. And then at the end of the fight, we see that the one guy who only knows the one technique has been perfecting it. And is the demon is like, wow, he's a completely different person than when we used to train. And the latter half, which is all that stuff, I actually really liked. But the first half was just nonsense. And I'm yeah. not even sure if Shinobu is really dead. Like, I really hope that's not the last we see of at least that fight, even if she is. Because she definitely seemed like she was still in the middle of being absorbed last chapter. Yeah, well, they might have some way to pull her out of the greater so apparently the guy that she was fighting was like a greater demon yeah and no one else is currently fighting a greater demon i kind of got that these people were like the information yeah, they seem they seem like the oracle yeah of the group but it seemed like we were getting some background on them that made it seem like this is the first time we're seeing them to me it's totally possible because it sounds like the oracle of their group used to be their master. Yeah. Or something like that. So he's dead now. So these are like his children who are now, they don't even get time to mourn. They immediately have to go into, all right, well, we have to help the ninjas fight or the samurai fight the demons. The demons. There are a lot of characters in this yeah. series. Well, I mean, you remember the first chapter we read where it was like, all right, here's yep, 13 characters. Let's go. I do remember that. I really need to get caught up on this. So speaking of caught up on this, next we have something I'm caught up on, which is Food Wars Chapter 297. It's almost a 300. The Missing Half of the Moon. 
So what did you think of this chapter of Food Wars? Kind of okay setup, not the yeah. not the best chapter ever, but there's some world building stuff. World building isn't even the right thing, but some filling in on the time gap for some of the not minor characters, but the other characters, yeah. Yeah. But not a lot of that. Basically the arbitrary judge of the food contest has decided that Takumi's battle is going to be a team battle. And the yep. noir he's up against has a bunch of cross-dressing men who cook with him. Yes. 20 of them. But yeah. He doesn't like this seems like it came really out of nowhere for me. Like, I know that the Japanese are more about cross-dressing humor than the American audience is. But like this noir guy doesn't look like the type, for lack of better word. Well, I don't think he cross-dresses. He I think doesn't. He more he likes the cross-dressers i guess i don't know i think that's what's happening it was very strange so but takumi we find out as and asami his brother have started like accepting shogugekis from teams like of alumni yeah they always win they've always been a a really good team together even in earlier chapters it's usually they struggled individually not struggled but they're, it's during their teamwork that they really shine because they spent all of their time learning as a team. Yeah, and we find out like no one can really beat them as a team. Yeah, even when like Arena is flying in like former brothers who are alumni to challenge them. Yeah, who have like Michelin stars, they're winning in Shokugeki. And we find out that Isami is considered probably the twelfth best student in the school. Yeah, behind Hisako in the Council of Ten. Yep. Which, hey, Hisaku's there. It's weird to me that Todokoro is a better chef than Hisaku, and that happened off screen, but whatever. Kind of? I mean, It's not like, oh, that doesn't seem right to me. It's just like, it feels like that should have been a moment. Yeah. But whatever, is underserved in this series anyway. Yeah. But the Noor have kidnapped Isami so that he can't come help Takumi. Oh, no. Yep. But Isami's like, well, you know Soma's there, right? Probably fine. Yeah, he's like, I'm the person who can bring out the best in my brother. But the second best dude is already in the building. You know that, right? Like, he's talking to Warren, like, this is pretty much a waste of time. You understand that, right? Yeah, and someone's like, hey, let's let's do the team up. Yep. So, yeah, all set up. Kind of weird. I don't really like this noir villain. But hearing about Hisako and Nisami is kind of cool. Yeah. I kind of like the his, like, bartender angle for how he cooks. It's not a bad gimmick, and I think it'll look really cool in animation. Yeah. But, like, the whole, his whole team is just, like, it feels like something isn't clicking for me. Like, there's a cultural reference or something yeah, that I'm prob- just not picking up on. That's probably that- what it is. Like, I like the I like the fact that he's, like, a bartender cook. Yeah. That's really interesting. But the 20 cross-dressing men that are with him yeah. as his honeys are I mean, you know, weird. And they call him Mama. You know, Mama, like, you call your bartender? Yeah. I'm like, it feels like I'm missing something. It's probably some cultural thing that we don't get. Maybe. Maybe. It was just, it left me kind of baffled. Anyway, that brings us to the chapter you wanted to talk about, which is Dr. Stone, Z equals 92, Desire is Noble. Yes. Is that just because of the ones we don't talk about, it was the one you disliked the least? Like Dr. Stone frequently is? Basically, yeah. It was the most, it was like, all right, so of the ones we're not talking about, I guess this one i have a little bit to say about it i I probably would have picked dr stone if you hadn't already so yeah i actually like this chapter fairly well but not super well i mean 
it's got some weird holes isn't the right term, but some weird details I feel like it skips over. Yeah. So picking up from last chapter, they want to resurrect a really good chef. So Ryusuke is like, oh, yeah, my butler of ambiguous gender. Apparently. Yeah. Oh, was it a dude, a girl? I don't remember. What do you mean you don't remember? <laughs> like, I just know they're the best butler. Gender doesn't matter. I was like, one butler, please. I, and then. I mean, listen, that, ma- that makes a bit of sense, but. I do wish he pulled out like a driver's license and butler was just next to gender. <laughs> that would be pretty great. I'm going to use he for him because he reads more mail to me, but I definitely see where the ambiguity is. Yeah. He wears masculine clothes because he's a butler, so that might honestly be all it is. That leads me to go that way. But I need a pronoun, so I'm going to use he sure. until proven otherwise. Basically, he makes fruitcake because it'll last a long time. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm the best chef. Tell me exactly what you need. I will make you the best thing for it. Yeah. Also, they were out of revival fluid, but the reporter had some. and they But just a little bit, enough for a child or a small person. So apparently the butler's short. Yeah, we do see that. Yeah, but... Also, they say they're going to make a present for her with science, but we have no idea what that is. Yeah, that was one of the, like you said, one the, of the holes. The holes. Like, and I assume we're going to come back to that. But Yeah. We don't even see them telling her, we'll make you whatever you want. Yeah. Like, she's literally like, I want a present, and then we just drop and it. there's some stuff about, like, all the directions. And, like, I thought they were going to say, yeah, we're going to make you this. But, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Dr. Stone's fine. I, like, I, I still like it pretty well. Yeah, this chapter, the reason I wanted to talk about it is I, it wasn't that funny to me, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but there weren't a lot of jokes. I feel like it's all that ambiguous gender stuff is where all the comedy comes from, which I guess, kind of landed for me, but it wasn't It didn't land hilarious. at all for me. Like, even if, all right, so they're of ambiguous gender. Uh, okay. Who cares? I, like, I, I none think of it's them... more the, uh, I don't know what gender they are. That's the one that really got me. Like, Reese is like, I don't care. Yeah, but that that didn't make me laugh or anything I like gotcha. that. It was just like, I didn't care. Uh, okay. It worked better on me, so. Yeah. But I see where you're coming from. It wasn't like, ah, this is the funniest thing I've ever read. Yeah. It was just- and then, so we find out the butler's personal credo is desire is noble. Yes. And which is the name of the t- chapter. They desire. Well, the butler's like, I'm going to bring back your company. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing I want. I don't care that we're in the post-apocalypse. My goal is to bring back your company. Also, we should definitely get the Senku guy. Well, yeah, he's like, I desire Senku, yeah. essentially, as like the final panel. But like not in a sexual way, which is kind of how it came off when you just said it. More as like a, he is like a key in our ability to restart this company. Yeah, that's, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, I know you more... didn't, just, just the bare quote without the context, it comes off that way. Yeah. So I wanted to explain it. I actually like this chapter of Dr. Stone fairly well, although, like I said, it was not a great issue of Shonen Jump, so it wasn't competing against a lot. And it was pretty late, and this one was very early heavy. Gotcha. Which brings us lastly to the monthly one we're going to talk about, which is Platinum End Chapter 38, Youthful Speeches. Platinum End just got added to the Shonen Jump app. Yep. It is by the creators of Death Note, so that's how they're kind of pushing it. Did you know anything about it before we read it this week, Kevin? No, I had not read Platinum End before this, so that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Was I was like, oh, I I didn't even know this was coming out, but this looks like it's there, because we had only seen 24 
of the titles that they were of the 25 that they were going to add and this is the 25th one i didn't i never saw them say 25 but that makes sense i that's what i was checking because i remember like they said they were going to have x amount of titles and so i went back and found it's going to be 25 and this was the 25th gotcha. title it's super weird to me that hunter hunter isn't here i mean i know it's not coming out right now but yeah but that's because it stopped coming out before yeah the change so that's probably why it because they were probably going to say 26 until that got removed. I just all of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z are on there. If you want to read them. Yeah. For example, I, all of Yu-Gi-Oh, so it's weird that Hunter Hunter is missing to me. Oh, you mean on the the yeah. platform in general? Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that is a little weird. Maybe they're going to add it later. I assume they must probably when it starts up again, if it ever does. They might even bring it at least the chapters that you can read right now. They might bring it up like they might do a kind of staggered release thing to get people to like keep hooking people into the service maybe it's just weird a lot of things about the service are weird to me i'm honestly not sure why you'd pay for it except for i want to support shedding jump yeah i guess you would pay for it because there's 930 chapters of one piece you can read if you're not me and already have i think it's not so much to get the subscription service that they switch to the free model because they talked about the free model actually tends to get them volume sales. I, so, so it's just advertisement for do you want to yeah. own this? That so it's not sense. it's not just advert, but that's a lot of it. They were like, we noticed that when we give away free chapters of things, the sales of whatever we gave away the free chapters for tend to go up because people read this chapter of Platinum End or this chapter of One Piece. It was like, this is awesome. I want to read the rest of it. Now, not everyone has that thought, but... If 100 people read it and 20 people have that thought and buy a couple of volumes, that's good business for them. And there are people like us who are, yeah, it's only two bucks a month. I can afford two bucks a month to help out Viz keep making this content and keep giving it to me. Which is all to say, Platinum Ends is a pretty interesting concept. Yeah, I thought this was, that's another reason why I wanted to talk about it. This seems really cool. Yeah, there are five God candidates, which are these teenagers that i think are possessed by angels they can fly at least possessed is maybe not the right word they have like guardian angels maybe because we see each kid who has wings so they can fly has this like angelic being behind them yeah and so we find out it starts with the statement that some scientist has a theory that we shouldn't be attacking the cod candidates we should be protecting them so i guess they've been attacked by the government or something yeah but they're like hey we're all gonna give a speech about what we'll do if we're elected god in exchange the sixth god candidate is gonna show up yep and they all go to different locations so they're not all talking at once so they each go to like we're gonna hover up over this major news outlet and give our speech of what we're going to do if we become god uh, and they're all some teenage bullshit answers one of them wants to take away everyone's cell phones so they talk more one of them wants it super easy and painless to commit suicide. One of them's just like, oh, I'm going to get rid of jobs and someone smarter will figure out how the economy is going to work. Yep. One of them's like, I don't know. And the last one, who I'm pretty sure is the main character, is like, I'll just do nothing. I'll just leave the world how it is. I'm not into Shinten. Yep. And so the sixth one is apparently some sort of professor. Yep. He's like, oh, that last answer was super interesting. His angel was special rank, in quotes. Yeah. Which, I don't know what's going on. It's kind of an interesting premise, though. 
Yeah, I'm going to add this to my list of stuff to get caught up on because this seems pretty cool. Yeah, and its creators are pretty well storied. Yes. Uh, Death Note, obviously, very good. Kind of goes off the rails at the end, but got popular for a reason. And is Bakuman their second series? I can't remember exactly what it's called. Something like that. Something like that. I've only heard really good things about that. Yeah. So pretty good overall, which leads us to our next segment, Jump Card. Jump Card is the segment where we rank all the chapters we've read from our least favorite up to our favorite. All right, so let's start with number 15. What do you got down at the bottom, Kevin? I think I can guess. It's Neolation. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Someone's softening on Neolation, and someone isn't. Yes. I got, so this chapter of Neolation revealed that there's actually this secret group of bad guys that want to recruit Neo as part of their group because they need a fifth member. <sighs> yep. Why? Because the plot needs to go somewhere, Kevin. I know, but <laughs> weird hacker powers and this very contrived, the villain that we meet that's part of the group is the Beast. <sighs> Look, it's not my favorite either. But my number 15 is Jujutsu Kaisen, because even less than last week do I know what's going on now. There's a, a demon or a curse or something, and it put up a barrier, and... Yeah, it was that guy with the... the it was a guy that, was, uh, that had that, like, axe that has the weird black, like, face paint around his eyes on. Maybe I'm just not paying enough attention, because I don't even know who you're talking about. He was one of the characters in either the last chapter or the one before it, where they were talking about he's interrupted the kids okay yeah i do know who you're talking about thing and so he set up a barrier that specifically stops the essentially the hokage it's he stops like the principal of their school from getting into the barrier so the other teachers run in to save them yeah yeah i just it didn't do anything for me and it was confusing so i mean it didn't do much but i'm just i'm getting exacerbated with neolation i i I completely understand that So my number 14 was act age, because I at least understood that there was supposed to be emotion. Uh, My number 14 is also act age. I actually like this chapter a little more than other chapters of act age, but it came off as super pretentious to me. Yeah. It was all about how acting leads to freedom, and that's kind of what you need in a shonen anime series anyway. Shonen manga series, I guess. But not having the context, it just came off again as a very tell-don't-show, and maybe if I'd read the whole series... It Maybe would come off better, but I think we finally saw the main character. Oh yeah, I forgot this isn't the main character. Yeah, I think she was talking with the old guy who was the character that we've been following, his producer. Yeah, she was talking, so we get like a flashback to her talking with him before he died. Gotcha. Yeah, I do know what scene you're talking about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's her. But yeah, it just like I said, Red is super pretentious to me. Yeah. And like, this is supposed to be a big climax, but I'm just like, yay, it's over. Maybe we can get to something I am more interested in next. I doubt it. I doubt it too. So my number 13 was Jujutsu Kaisen because 
I understood a bit more of what was going on, and it's again, it's a lot of the tuning vibe thing of oh, we're gonna set up an ambush for it's not an ambush for the Hokage, but we're gonna stop the Hokage from interfering so that we can do whatever we want during this thing. So I really need to get caught up. I'm at least interested in it. I just I since I don't know what's going on, it just keeps dropping down the list. Yeah, me too. My number thirteen is Haikyu. Because there's just like a lot of volleyball in it, and that's yeah. kind of it. And there's more philosophy stuff, but it's just volleyball and philosophy, which does sound like a good weekly webcomic when I say it out loud, but yeah. it didn't really do much for me. Again, I feel like in this weird way, the early bits of Haiku reread really spoke to us, and now it's just spouting a bunch of philosophy. And it would be one thing if every game the coach imparted some lesson on them, but it's like, Every couple of minutes, someone's having this life lesson revelation, self-help moment. and Yeah, the Haikyuu is my number 12 for like the same thing. Not a whole lot happened, really. And I mean, maybe this is just some big climax, so that's why all of these characters are having all these revelations. But it kind of, since we haven't seen the build-up to this match, it kind of feels weird to show up in the middle of the climax of the arc i'm guessing yeah i feel like we showed up at the beginning of the climax but yeah the be- at the climax we showed yeah we showed up at the climax of the arc my number 12 is neolation because like i said i'm warming on it a little bit it's still boring and not good but there was no hacking bullshit in this which is a big plus and i actually kind of liked neo's talking with the girl they saved whose name i can't remember now yep. about how her life is valuable and to him like humans are valuable resources and if she ever wants to kill herself again, she she should just buy him a hot dog and he can use her as a hostage. Yeah, he's like, your parents and your friends will pay good money to get you back. Yeah, so, like, you're valuable to me, too. Yeah. yeah that Like, that joke kind of landed for me. Sort of, but the villain conclave of we're going to recruit the protagonist to become part of the villains. Yay, this again. Yeah, no, I'm, look, I'm not looking forward to where Neolation's going, but I liked it more than, uh. Some of the other chapters this week. So my number 11 was Black Clover because this was really just a setup of, all right, so now we have to set up all our characters getting their one-on-one anime fights. Yeah. So here we go. You are now magically separated in perfect pairs if you don't have the ability to fight for yourself or one-on-one if you do. My number 11 is Demon Slayer because there was just the first half of it was just a whole bunch of stuff I didn't understand. And I'm kind of sad we're cutting away from Shinobu. And again, I really noticed how similar a lot of the characters are drawn, which kind of hurt this chapter. I didn't really have that problem with Demon Slayer. Although I did really like the second half, like we were talking about, yeah. the Thunder Breath stuff. So I'm looking forward to that fight at least. Yeah, that shot it up my list. Oh, okay. So my number 10 was Dr. Stone, because it's Dr. Stone, like we talked about when we were talking about the chapter. I didn't really find it particularly funny, but it, it was okay. My number 10 was Platinum End, because while I do really like the concept, I don't know that this chapter did much. Maybe with more context, it would have been big, but kind of all of the people giving their speeches, I was expecting one or two to be kind of nothing, and then for there to be one grand one that really took a stand, but they're all really generic and really like teenage angsty. Yeah, but I think it's the whole point was that the main character, whatever, the one who said, I'm going to do nothing if I become God, that was the... That was the kind of big, like, even people comment in the thing of, like, these are very childish. There's yeah. a couple people that sympathize 
with them. But I think it's like the scientist or actually the professor is like, oh, that was kind of childish, but that's to be expected. They're all teenagers. Yeah. I just didn't think the chapter itself was anything interesting. It certainly got me interested in the premise of the series, though. But like the stuff that was interesting, I think, about it is the premise and not the chapter itself. Yep. So my number nine was Hellwarden because that was kind of generic chapter this week. Uh, yeah, my number nine was Chainsaw Man. I guess it wasn't a generic chapter. It was kind of a climax. But like I said, Denji going on about boobs kind of ruined a bunch of the fight stuff for me. And then the kind of the cherry on top was that that ending just was really muddy. Yeah. So my number eight was Platinum End because I am interested to see where this goes. So I thought it was pretty I thought it was pretty neat that these generic angsty teenagers are given the option to become god so it's like what are you gonna do if you become god oh we should probably not let the person who's just going to make jobs go away and then let someone else figure it out become god yeah she's like yeah robots almost took all our jobs anyway i'll just accelerate that a little bit yeah we'll make robots and ai do all the hard work and we just hang out i don't know someone smart will come up with money money 2.0 it'll be bitcoin actually i read a really interesting i've read a really interesting book series that starts off with people live in this idyllic future where essentially there isn't an economy anymore ai literally run all of the stuff that you don't want to do and people just kind of do whatever they want there like isn't an economy i mean that's also star trek but yeah that was just going off the making like you said in star trek people really just kind of work together to help each other which seems impossible now, but is a nice goal to try and shoot for. Like, we don't need to have a money-based economy, necessarily. So my number eight is Black Clover. For a lot of the same reasons as you had it low, it's just set up. I think it went a little higher because I really like Mimosa and Asta's a little interaction of her, like, thawing on him the way anime girls do. Yes, boobs first. Yes. I'd like... That kind of shot it up for me. Also, Black Clover. The art, I didn't hate it. Yay. Good yeah. job, Black Clover. So my number seven was Food Wars, because it was just kind of a transition-y chapter. We're going to have Takumi and Soma teaming up in this next fight. So it was, it yeah. was okay, but it wasn't great. Yep. My number seven was Hellwarden Higama. I didn't love it. Again, it was pretty standard stuff, but Kobata's backstory was at least interesting, and they're at least setting something up with Higama now, so maybe he will get interesting. I am curious to see what Enma's deal is. Yeah. So my number six was Demon Slayer. I didn't have a problem telling people apart, I guess. So even though they looked... It wasn't even like, oh, is this guy this guy or this guy? It was just a lot of, oh, these guys all look really the same. There's not a lot of visual diversity. Well, I think two of them were like twins. Well, that's fair, but they also looked a lot like Shinobu to me, though. I I guess I was able, I was kind of able to tell the difference. Like, I didn't, I I I didn't feel. I was definitely able to tell the difference. I get that, but I didn't even get a feeling of confusion about it. So it went up a little bit for me. And the fight at the end has me really interested to see how this goes. Because, like, the people with the different styles is another thing that makes me want to get into this. Like, oh, there's these cool, like, ninja clans that have their own unique sword style. Yeah, the techniques, even though they're mostly just people yelling anime attack names, they're really good for that. Yeah. My number six is Dr. Stone. The jokes, I think, just landed a little better for me than they did for you. And 
like the cliffhanger isn't huge, but it at least is kind of setting up a conflict. Yep. Which is what this series needed. And I like the reporter check, even though, like I said, there's that weird hole in the middle of the chapter. Yeah. So my number five was We Never Learn. I thought it was pretty funny, but nothing spectacular. So I enjoyed reading it. My number five was Food Wars. Nothing really to add to it that other than what you said. It was very transition-y. It wasn't a great Food Wars, but it was Food Wars. Yep. My number four was My Hero Academia. I liked this chapter, but I just had a really hard time kneeling down like these top six, I want to say, because they all felt very similar. There wasn't one where I was like, this is the best thing ever. Oh, there was for me, but we'll get to it. But I really, I really liked the top half of my list. So they all fell very close together. My number four is We Never Learn. And honestly, this is the one where I like started like, ah, yeah, that was pretty good, actually. Even Food Wars, like... I'm looking forward to next week's Food Wars, but this one wasn't anything. Yeah. But We Never Learned was pretty good. Again, it's just kind of standard We Never Learned, though. I mean, the jokes were funny. I understood what was going to happen the moment I started reading it. But we are in at least a character growth bit, so it was nice to see some of that stuff. Yeah. My number three was The Promised Neverland. I liked Emma going like, oh, but we're supposed to, oh, no, everyone wants to go kill all the demons. Okay. I guess I'll go along with it then. And she kind of completely avoids the issue by not saying anything at all and then is like all right well let's go hang out with norman yeah let's hang out with norman we haven't seen him in a while let's play chess let's be friends let's not deal with my problems right now yeah i really liked it as well my number three is my hero academia because again my hero academia is always good some of the fight scenes in this are incredible but also it's kind of just fight scene yeah and a little bit of explanation on the copy guy's powers but they don't actually end up altering the story at all so yeah well, we also have that bit where Midoriya explains that he's not really able oh, yeah. to control his new quirks. At the start? Yeah, I forgot about that, which is important, but it's also kind of like, uh, okay, we're not dealing with this now. Yeah, because he's like, I can only achieve 20% full cowling with one for all, so... And like the, all the quirks have grown way stronger, so... Yeah, the guy's like, yeah, all the quirks that are a part of it, he's like, I need to achieve 100% full cowling in order to be able to use the new quirks. Yeah. So my number two was actually One Piece because I did really enjoy it, but I didn't jam on it as much as you did. Yeah. My number two was The Promised Neverland, pretty much for all the stuff you were saying. Really liked the emotional beats, really liked Emma pushing stuff down, and like seeing them all like be kids together was pretty fun, even though we all know this ain't last very long. Yep. So my number one was Chainsaw Man because I really liked the kind of clueless Denji when he gets the car thrown at him, is like, I can retract my chainsaws. And the fight scene with that, with him, it looks like he's trying to save the dude, but he really just didn't want to cut through the car. He was going to throw it back at the bat. And his motivation, I still think it's really funny that his motivation is I want to touch some boobs. I really like that, but I feel like they're running the joke into the ground. Yeah. And like, he's very sympathetic when he first says that, but that he's going this far for it kind of makes him seem like a jerk and it makes it harder for me to sympathize with him. Yeah. And this villain does nothing for me. Not that I think he's supposed to. No, he's one of those cheap cast off. This is the first villain you fight essentially. So my number one was one piece because this chapter is wild. I super love the Germa 66 and I was really looking forward to Sanji getting to use his thing. I, like I said, it came out way earlier than I expected. And we also get that great callback to the clear, clear fruit that I had frankly completely forgotten about. Yeah. Until 
we see the little flashback. And the big mom thing at the end is crazy. Yeah, there, there's some really good stuff with this chapter of One Piece. I'm not as big of a fan of the German 66 as you are. Like, I still really like them, and I think they're cool. But Sanji doing his magical girl transformation was like, oh, yeah, this is sweet. But it wasn't, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever for gotcha. me. Yeah. Yeah. So that does it for Shannon Jump this week. Kind of a lame set of chapters, if I'm being honest. One piece excluded. All around, yeah. I think, like, they weren't all at the top of their game. But, like I said, it was, like, the top six or seven chapters. I had kind of a hard time. They all felt very close. Well, seven through two, or seven through three, for me, all felt really close. It was One Piece and Chainsaw Man for me that really stuck out. All right, so speaking of sticking out, next we're going to talk about Fuka. That was awful. But we're going with it. So we read Fuka this week. Yeah, I don't know what to say about it other than that to start. Our main character is Yuharana. He's really into Twitter. Yeah, he's kind of a social recluse. Like he only interacts through Twitter. He doesn't like actually talking to people. He lives with his three sisters while his parents are like his dad got a new job in the States or something like that. And so his wife went with him so that he wasn't going to be alone so that the kids were old enough to live on their own in Japan for a while, at least. Yeah, his oldest sister has a job. She works for a advertising agency. And then his second oldest sister is in high or in college. So, yeah, they're old enough to take care of. The two younger ones, so yeah. they're all, they're all living in like their old apartment in Tokyo. Yeah, um, he wishes he could live alone, and I I guess I wouldn't want to live with three sisters either. To be fair, yeah. So it starts with him just walking, checking his phone when a girl tries to vault him. Yes, and she thinks he's taking an upskirt picture of her, so she breaks his phone. Yep, but ends up dropping her CD that she just bought. Yeah, she's got a. Uh, pair of headphones on and an old school cd player and yeah. so she just bought the cd and yeah she dropped the cd when she slapped him and broke his phone so he starts going to his new school he's like walking around it because they have the day off and he's transferring in yeah so why well, I, I don't know that it's they have the day off she says there are no classes so. okay but fuka is there the girl is fuka by the way yes it wasn't obvious listening to her CD on the roof, and he's taking pictures to post to Twitter and ends up looking at her and gets what should not be an upskirt photo from all the angles involved, but is. It's a Marilyn Monroe kind of thing with uh, the wind catching her skirt. Yes, but it must be a very short skirt. It is. But it's a school uniform. I yeah, but it's a ridiculously short skirt. Yeah, still. this is a very fan servicey uh manga, by the way. So she grabs his phone and throws it away, even though it's a brand new phone he just got. It's actually it was break. a like a replacement phone. Like I I got the feeling that it was like a loner phone or something like that. 
I got. He talks about how much he paid for it, so I feel like he just got a new phone. It might have been. Says he's so into Twitter, he couldn't deal with not having one. Yep. But then he promises her that he wasn't taking any and gives her her CD back, and she helps him look for it. And somehow the phone just landed on the grass and is fine. Yep. I dropped mine from my car and it shatters, but I guess they just make them better in Japan. It landed on the nice soft grass. Yeah. Nice soft grass. And then some guy named Nachi comes up and is like, hey, Fuku, come with me. Come on. You, I, you're always saying no. Let's do it. Yep. And he's like, hey, she obviously doesn't want to go with you. Try picking up chicks in Shibuya. He's like, picking up chicks. No, she just needs to join the track team because her parents are track stars. So clearly she's like a thoroughbred and she'd be great at track. Yep. And so you get super embarrassed because he thought it was the one situation when it was just like, no, I'm just trying to get her to join the track team, bro. But he's she's still super grateful to him. Yep. Um. So that starts their relationship. And also the last panel is just all his sisters, not panel, the last like page and a half, is just all his sisters not wearing any clothes because it's hot. Yep. Because did I mention this manga is very fan servicey? It's a romance. Yeah, but I... Like, we never learn is also very fan servicey, right? Yes. It's got lots of these cute girls in these compromising situations, bending over in ways they probably shouldn't be from camera angles that we don't need to see. But it all feels natural. And I feel like it all works from getting a uh, standpoint of getting into Yugi's head, because he's yep. with all these cute girls, where these are all his sisters. And, like, he's not into it. That This is just for the audience. Yeah. And I, I mean, it doesn't do anything for me. In the way that, like, I, I kind of chastised We Never Learn for some of this stuff, but at least I get it. Whereas mm-hmm. here, it just seems really superfluous. And like I said, that Marilyn Monroe shot. Yeah. I, and maybe it's just an art style thing, too, but it just seems like there's lots of panties and bras in this, and it's not doing anything for me, and I don't think it's doing anything for the story either. No, but it's a cultural thing over in Japan. Where I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing. I suppose so, but, like, why would I read this one over any other one of those? I like the interaction when it's not being fan servicey in between you and Fuka. I gotcha. I just the fan service does nothing for me, and I feel like in the early chapters, that's almost all this has going for it. As it goes on, by the end of the manga, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of the hook." I wish they had gotten to this faster because this cuff is kind of interesting. Yeah, and like I said, I started by watching the anime, and the end of like episode one is the end of this volume yeah because that's where the hook is yes and maybe you should get to the hook yeah so chapter two he leaves his phone at home he can't even make friends because they're like oh yeah give us your number it's like oh i forgot my phone which you can't give them your number and have them text you you don't know your phone number no it's not a phone number it's a thing in japan where you have it's like this social media app that you connect over and so i guess you need like you need to have the connection info and he doesn't have it memorized because it's probably some like ridiculous string of numbers where it's like you just touch the two phones together and you're friends. Gotcha. I'm assuming how it works. I've seen other stuff in Japan where they have it's it looks like they're texting one another, but it's through this like social media app that connects all your friends. I gotcha. It's kind of like discording. Yes. I'd be like, I can't give you the discord invite without access to discord. It just I don't think the translator did a very good job of explaining that, though, because it definitely reads to me like, just give him your email. Yeah, it sounded like it was, oh, let's exchange email addresses. Like, yeah. So you don't know your own email, but I think it's that you need access to your phone. So it's like Discord. I can't give you a Discord invite without access to my phone and the Discord. 
So yeah. yeah. So Fuka, this begins the like saga of him and Fuka hanging out and doing couple things, even though they're not a couple. Yes. Like she wants to get these phone charms that only couples can get, so they hold hands to pretend they're a couple. And she's like clearly kind of shy and embarrassed about it. Yeah, she's very strong-willed, and actually, she's just very strong-willed. So at first he thinks like, man, I can't believe this isn't phasing her at all. And then he sees that she's blushing. So she tends to say what she wants, but still has the shy side to her. Yeah. And we find out she has a very loud voice later. Yeah. There's a bit where they, I guess that's kind of next. His sister has like free movie tickets and she wants to see the movie. So he invites her and she's like, hey, let's hit meet up at this statue and there's this very loony tunes talking about the joke not landing for me yeah this one didn't work for me at all where they meet on opposite they meet at the statue but they're on opposite sides and they're both at the same time like oh maybe he's on the other side after like waiting for 10 minutes yeah i also didn't really didn't like the kind of preachiness is the right word but kind of the moral of this is we didn't mention fuka doesn't have a cell phone yeah and she's very adamant about not having one and there's a lot of like Ah, uh, cell phones kind of stop you from talking and wouldn't kind of be better and more romantic if no one had them. But it doesn't come off as well considered to me. Like, it's not a good criticism of them. It comes off to me more like an old man complaining about things not being the way they were. Yeah, I didn't really get it as kind of that preachiness. Like, you know, as Fuka doesn't have a cell phone and that's kind of what's setting up some of these problems. Like, oh, I'll just send her an email. But, oh, I'll just, you know, text. Oh. Yeah. Like, that's what's setting up the things, not that specifically him going, oh, we shouldn't have access to technology that's kind of ruining things right now. It was just, I mean, this in, one girl doesn't have it, so these are the hijinks that are set up because of it. It doesn't say that, but there's a whole bunch of, hey, you should not be on your phone so much stuff. That seems like it's aimed at the audience as much as the character to me. It seems like that's what this is trying to say. I guess. And there's the bit when they're holding hands where he's like, oh, you could never get this experience just talking on the phone, which obviously you couldn't, but... I think it wasn't that you should never be on your phone. It's for the people that... So you is literally just on his phone. Like, he essentially does not exist except as his Twitter personality. And that's another thing is I kind you unlikable. Not in like there's anything he does that's like, oh, I hate that guy, but... He just comes off as kind of a social outcast weeb character. Yeah. There's no redeeming quality to him the way there is with Yugia, for example. Yeah. There's I don't understand why Fuka likes this guy. Yeah. I think it's he starts to develop more as a person. Like it's more about him developing as a person because of Fuka than I mean, they do it through their relationship, but that's kind of what it is. I understand that, but there's none of that in this volume. No, there's a little bit when he starts to, like you said, when he starts to realize, oh, I couldn't get this feeling talking with somebody over the internet or something like that. Like, maybe I do need to just not be on Twitter constantly. Yeah. Also, there's a gay guy. He's an important character. He's actually the only character I like, so I shouldn't be so dismissive of him. His name's Mikasa, but he's also pretty minor, which is why I, at least for now. For right now, yeah. But I, they, I assume he's going to be a main character. So. Yeah, they introduce him. As initially, it looks like Fuka likes him. So yeah. Yu is getting kind of jealous because he's like, oh, they're such good friends and they do all this stuff. It's like, well, she wouldn't ever do that with me. It's not even really jealousy. He's more like giving up on her. He's like, yeah, you guys should be together. Well, I, he gets a little bit jealous, but then he kind of he's like, oh, 
that guy's way cooler than me, so there's no way I stand a chance. Yeah, but he's like, nah, dude, I'm gay. He's like, should you be telling me that? And he's like, yeah, it's better than hiding it. Yep. And so clearly Yu looks up to Mikasa because he's like willing to be himself. Yeah, which Yu is not because he, at that point he mentions, I have to lie to for my Twitter personality. I'm not like that in real life. Yeah. So the hook of this series, finally, it, what it did come up a little earlier, but I just want to talk about it all at once because yep. that makes more sense, is that Yu's childhood friend is a pop idol. Yep. And she's got a huge crush on him. Yep. And she finds him on Twitter is like, hey, you should come to my concert. And also, Fuka really likes her music. Yeah. Fuka's really big into music. Yes. Yeah, so I think we mentioned that she's always like listening to her CD player, but that's yep. very much her thing is that she's like, I don't need a phone. I just need a CD player. Yep. I, iPod. What's that? <laughs> yeah. So, and the idol is like, hey, you should come to my concert. But. Fuka is like, hey, I got tickets to this concert. You should come with me because my friend who was going to come can't make it. And he's like, oh, do I go with Fuka or do I accept this? I guess I have to go with Fuka. Oh, what? They're the same concert. How could this possibly be? Yeah, that was a little weird. I mean, I get it. He's kind of a he's kind of a dope, but it feels like he should at least ask. Hey, although I guess he can't text Fuka. Well, and he specifically, he's like, which concert is it? And she's like, well, you'll find out when you get there. Like, she was kind of, it'll be part of the surprise. I won these in, like, a contest. But if he knows there's a concert happening that day, it feels like he could ask, hey, was it? And aren't they meeting up somewhere close? I don't know. I'm not trying to tear this part of it apart. I didn't like this manga, but I'm not trying to tear this specific He does. He immediately, he essentially immediately figures it out when they meet up because he meets up. He's like, wait, this is the place where my friend is having the con- oh no but where did she tell him to meet her is what i'm wondering like i don't know that she i don't know that she did i think it's she. Not, it's not like he can call her that's the whole point is yeah. you can't call her and be like hey where are we going but i think it was like the day before she told him maybe so it was like oh he told his friend hey i've got this other plan and then the day before she's like all right we're gonna meet up here wait isn't that oh no oh uh, he's like hey this is actually cool i can I can fulfill both obligations at once. Yeah, but he doesn't tell her that he's showing up. But he's like, I'll tell her afterwards. He's not, in the manga, at least, he's not at all concerned about it. Yeah, no. The part that really, like, sprung me as extra weird is that they go to the second, like, kind of balcony to see the place. And so does the singer, because she always wanted to sing here. And she's kind of incognito. She's wearing glasses and a hat, so she's not recognized with her hair up. But I feel like they go to great lengths to not have her notice that you is there. Yes. That are kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it was... But not like funny ridiculous, like, oh, this crazy situation happened again. Or I just completely didn't get the joke, whereas at least with the statue, I understood it was supposed to be funny and it just didn't work for me. Yeah. I think in the anime they made it that there were actually two statues, like on opposite sides of a big fountain. So that's why they weren't able to see one another. Gotcha. Because I think they tried to make it a little bit more than, oh, we're literally just running around this tiny not that big of a statue like oh there's actually one on one side of the fountain one on the other side of the fountain there's like 200 people next to this fountain so they didn't immediately see one another but yeah they kind of go out of their way to make it so like we the audience get to see that they were right next to one another but nobody notices anything yeah which is weird because she's literally thinking of him Yep. At the moment. It's just super strange and Fuka has been established to be super loud and I think she yells his name no, she doesn't yell his name. She okay. just said, because she says something, because, like, the two of them were standing right next to one another. 
and it turns out that the tickets they have are front row. So the volume ends with the singer like going up on stage and seeing him. Yep. They're like, oh, he made it. She's still super into him, by the way. Like even her producers are kind of not worried about it, but like we have to make sure that we have a handle on this. Yep. It's like on their concern list. Yeah. And Fook is really into her music. Like we said, obviously, she's at the concert. Uh, so it's just setting up this weird love triangle, but there's no contact on it. Which, like I said, by the end, I was like, oh, I am kind of curious where this goes. But so much of the early part of this volume just has no hook to me. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think this was either episode one or episode two. Bam, this is the hook. That we're setting up this weird love triangle between you, Fuka, and his childhood friend, Popstar. Yeah, this is maybe my least favorite thing we've read for the podcast so far. I'm not trying to dunk on it or anything, but like I said, the jokes didn't land. The fan service just seems odd and out of place to me, as opposed to it all appealing. And I can kind of get why Fuka and you, like, they're in high school. They got hormones. I kind of get it. But at the same time, I don't particularly like anyone besides Mikasa, who is just barely in this first volume yeah the first volume of this wasn't as good as i was expecting like i liked the i liked the anime more gotcha we might come back to this still though like i said i was curious at the end like hey how is this going to develop yeah oh we did forget so you convinces fuka to get into music oh yeah that's a pretty important thing yeah, I guess. So they kind of intended to include and skipped over. Yep, we kind of it, it is pretty big. So, like I said, we have like there's the there's the guy who really wants her to be on the track team. Yep, but she just doesn't want to be. And Mikasa's like, you know what? She like never really looks like she's having fun, even when she's doing stuff. She looks like she's kind of confused. confused. Yep, and he's she's like, yeah, I really like music. He's like, why? Have you ever thought about trying music? I mean, your voice is super loud. That's a start. Well, it's not just that it's super loud. It's, like, super clear, too. Like, you have a good voice, which is also loud. It wasn't just, uh, oh, you, ha- you you talk really loud. You should be a musician. Yeah, that's true. And we also find out that the reason that the singer, like, went into the business is because you said, hey, you have a good singing voice. Yep. So he's got the power to create pop idols. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty good superpower, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, this didn't do a lot for me, just speaking personally. Although I would be curious to revisit it at some point. Maybe we should do a volume two of stuff we didn't particularly like month at some point. Yeah. Get this, get Orin High School Coast Club in there. Yeah, and maybe they'll pick up and we'll be like, oh, now I see why people like it. They, yeah. Just like we were talking last week with stuff like the Dresden Files, which I'm re-listening to, where it's like, looking back on it now, re- re-listening to... Stormfront and Full Moon just to kind of do it. I'm like, oh, they're bad. Why did I get into this series again? Dragon Ball is the same way, too. The first volume of Dragon Ball is just not very good. Yeah. So I'm, and like I said, I I did like the anime. So I just think the first volume of a manga is like the easy one. It's where you're doing the premise. It's where you should really have an easy hook. And I feel like this one just ditters for so long. Yeah. So that will link us to our last segment, which is personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment in which we rank manga characters from best to the worst. At the top, we have Izuki Midoriya, that good, good boy from My Hero Academia. Yep. At the bottom, we have Haruhi Fujioka from Oran High School Host Club, who is a drawing of a character at the very least. Yes. And in the middle, we have Anise Murphy from Cypher, a character I like a lot more than anyone in this 
So you know more about the character than I do, but I'm looking pretty low for you. I certainly don't like him as much as Yu-Gi-Oh! from We Never Learn, who we have at number 14, just three spots from the bottom. Yeah, it's the same for me. I'm not a huge romance fan, but Yu was never the character that I liked in the Fuka anime. It was more Fuka and the supporting characters that I, can, I enjoyed more. I can definitely see that. Yep. The other closest character we have down there is probably Haruhi from Oran High School Host Club, who's also kind of nothing, but I still like her more. She's at least got the weird doesn't care about cross-dressing angle which is something even though it's kind of an apathy yeah i think i prefer haruhi what do you think i kind of defer to you because you've seen and yeah. read more of fuka i like Yu's character way later in the series so this probably won't even be volume two like he starts to grow as a character and i like him more then but since we rated... I mean, we rated Usagi based on her character development, so I think it's fair to put you based on it, too. Yeah. So I could do that. Uh, so I could put a, like, just above, because who's... Shinichi is between Yu-Gi-Oh! and Haruhi from Parasite. I think There's I another like character who's kind of nothing. But... He's kind of nothing, but I think I kind of like him a little bit more. Like like I said, Yu was never the character that I liked in Fuka. That's why it's called Fuka and not Yu. Uh, it's not because Yu is a boring name everybody has? Yeah, I mean, it's not just that, but... So, where did I put this character's name? I know I wrote down. Yu Haruna will go at number 16, above Haruhi Fujioka and below everyone else. Yep. All right, so next week, we're going to be reading something a little more shonen, maybe a lot more shonen, and a lot more bizarre as well. Yes. Which is a series I know a lot about because it was very ubiquitous when I was getting into anime, but it was also pretty old then and not really the thing people were watching anymore which is Ranma one half. Yeah, so I took the romance thing for February a bit more literal yes. than you did. No, mine, I, I told you, they're super loose. I know. Uh, the second volume of Codename Sailor V is a lot more romancy. Yeah. The first one is not. I don't think there are any more pop idols in Ranma one half, so it can't be pop idol month now. Yeah, and for our last one, I don't know that there are any pop idols in that either. But So, thank you for listening www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can see the personality power level list, leave us comments, or check out our Discord, which is by far the easiest way to get a hold of us if you would like to talk. You can also see my other two podcasts, Last Time on Video Games. We just did an Adventure of Lolo episode that was pretty good. Hopefully you listened to it. Uh, Lolo's not a good game, though. Also, It's a Gundam is starting a brand new arc. It's the boring arc, but it has a great ending, and we make lots of fun of the villain, Captain Beardo. So if you want to hear us dunk on him, it's a good time. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend about us or give us a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice. Our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. Kevin, is there anything you would like to plug today? Nope, I think I'm good. All right, we will see you next week for some Aqua Transsexuals.
So if you could just beep out like this entire thing, Kevin, it's fucking fuck. Yeah, but it's funnier if you beep me out.